the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Thank you for tuning in to the Live Big broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. So we pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Remember, you can listen to this message and more for free at gracechurchva.org. Here's Bishop Greer with today's Live Big message. Well, we're in the third part of the Romans Road series. Uh, We're using the Gospels to help us understand the book of Romans. And we're answering five questions. Questions. Question number one, who needs salvation? We find in the scriptures, all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So the answer to who needs salvation is all of us. The question number two is, why do we need salvation? Because the wages of sin is death. You know, the final payday is coming. Uh, but what you don't pay in this life, you're going to have to pay in the next because God's ledger will be balanced. God is merciful, but God is also just. And if you don't lean on his mercy, you will have to deal with his justice. Again, uh, the wages of sin is what? Death. So we talked about this uh, last week. Um, physical death basically occurs when your, your soul is separated from the body. But spiritual death is when your soul is separated from God. God, which means some of us are spiritually dead right this moment because our spirit is not uh, joined or, 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 or in communion with the Father. But whatever state we leave this life in is the state we will stay in eternally. We have a space to make decisions about our eternal destiny, and it's right here and right now. The worst thing that could happen to you is not COVID. It's not a divorce. It's not a financial challenge. The worst thing you could face in in, in life is to go through eternity outside of God's grace and outside of his presence. Number three, we're talking about how does God provide salvation? So who needs salvation? Why do we need salvation? How does God provide this thing we call salvation? We read in the book of Romans, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It is the what gift? It is the what gift? It is the what gift of God, which is eternal life, meaning salvation cannot be earned. I don't care what you do. It must be received as a gift. And this fact eliminates all self-righteousness. It eliminates all pride. Jesus died a death he did not deserve because we owed a debt we could not 
pay. And remember the verse I covered right before we ended last week, but God demonstrated his love for us. So it's not just a theological idea. It's not just a philosophical idea. It's not just a notion to wrap your head around, but God demonstrated it. Something God showed. It's not just an idea again, but God demonstrated his love for us. And here's the demonstration in that while we were still Sinners. He didn't wait for us to clean it up before he blessed us. While we were still sinners, Christ what? Died for us. And we covered these issues and items last week. So this week, we're in item number four. And the question is, how do we receive salvation? And this is going to be the, the focus today. And next week, we're going to get to the, the, the final stop uh, on the Romans road. Today, we're going to be in John chapter six and, and verse five. And Jesus is speaking. He said this, but now I go away to him who sent me. And you can hear the pain in this next clause. And none of you asks me, where are you going? Now, Peter literally, word for word, asked this question in John 13 and 36. Thomas then implied it in John 14 and verse 5. But they asked for the wrong reason, so Jesus completely ignored what they had asked. See, the problem was the disciples were were not really concerned uh, so much about Jesus. Their only concern at this moment was really about what was going to happen with them. You know, as with our natural parents, we can become so consumed with growing up, we forget that they're also growing old. And Jesus' time was short, and uh, he was excited about going to the Father, but it doesn't seem like the disciples were paying any attention to what was going on in Jesus, only focus again on what was happening with them. Verse 6, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled, literally, uh, the word here, the Greek here is, is has filled to capacity with no room for, for, for anything else left over. Have you ever been so overwhelmed, you know, with your own situation by, by a thing in your life that you had no room for any other thoughts? This is where the disciples were. This is where all 12 of these men were. And it was, it, if you were in the room, it was, it was like the funeral was already happening. He said, sorrow has what filled. It's, a, it's one thing to have, uh, you know, a little apprehension and, and maybe feel a little sad, but these guys were filled with grief. These guys were filled with sorrow. It says, sorrow has filled your what? Heart. Why? The season was changing. The cold winter was coming and they could feel it in their bones. But you know what's great about winter is we get to see the bone structure of the earth again, knowing that that something new is waiting beneath the surface to bud again in the spring. Nevertheless, this is so important. Nevertheless is one of those great Bible words. I mean, it's one of my favorite words in the Bible. You got but, but then you also got nevertheless. Uh, nevertheless means, you know, d- despite everything, regardless of the facts, you know, despite it all, Jesus wanted the disciples to get a nevertheless in their heart. And in this season, God wants you to get a nevertheless in your heart. After all that has happened, after, uh, regardless of all that, that folks have done or all that they do, despite the facts, God's got you and he's going to keep you. And you got to begin to say, yes, this happened. Nevertheless, or, or this is going to happen. Nevertheless, God got me. He's faithful. He will keep me. Jesus injects a nevertheless, I tell you 
the truth. Jesus knew what he was about to say was going to be very difficult to believe. Even when I read it, it's hard to believe. How, how could it be better that Jesus goes away? But if you don't let the season change, you will not experience the blessing on the other side of that new season. It says, if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. Meaning if you don't change with the season, you're going to miss your future help. The helper will not what? come to you. And I'd rather uh, wait a while and let things fall into place versus uh, rushing into it and watching things fall apart. But if I depart, I will send him to you in life. Now, this is what's difficult about life. You know, we we, kind of hit a sweet spot and we want to stay there forever, but that's just not the way life is. It's constantly moving. Time is constantly passing and things are constantly changing. And sometimes you have to let go of the way it is in order for you to make room for the way God ultimately wants it to be. And the way it was is not necessarily going to be the way uh, it will be. And and in some seasons, it won't even be the way it is. And, you know, this can be difficult. This could be painful. Um, this is probably what hurts us so much about life. Uh, but, but the reality is everything that was a part of your past may not be part of your future. And you got to learn to shift and move with the moment. And, and, you know, if you're on a, on a surfboard, you got to move with the waves. You, you got to ride that thing. And the wave keeps changing. The height of the wave keeps changing. Everything keeps changing, but you keep riding that thing. And life is that way. We have to stay our course. And even though people change, the scenery changes, we change, uh, we have to stay the course. And, and even in that change, imagine if everything was the same every day. It would be totally, totally boring. Imagine everything was the same color. If, if, you know, it was the same food. You, you had, I sat at the same table. It was the same weather. Life would be totally monotonous. So change is, is, you know, it's kind of bittersweet. It's part of life, but there's, there's a, you know, if it, there wasn't for change, uh, we, we would have a, a real, real glum, uh, situation. Skip to verse 16. Jesus says, in a little while, and you will not see me. Not only would they not physically see Jesus uh, until after the resurrection, they would lose their vision of Jesus altogether because of the events at Calvary. Have you ever had something so painful happen that, that you uh, lost your ability to see anything beyond it? You'll never get past it. You'll never get over it. But I want you to watch what Jesus says here. Watch God. And again, in a little while, and you will see me. So you're going to have a season where it's dry, a season where you can't see me. You have no vision. You really don't have any hope. But, but, but if you hang in there again in a little while, you will see me. Why? Because I go to the Father as blinding as the storm uh, uh, was or, or would be in their lives. Their vision would come back. It would hurt for a little while. But if you hang in there, God, God will give you far, far more than your loss. He'll, he'll give you, uh, far, far better than, than you ever had, but 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 here's the deal: you, you got to hang in there with God because ultimately we cannot lose with Him. Then some of the disciples said among themselves, "What is this that He says to us?" They're perplexed. What, what are you saying, Jesus? A, a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while you will you will see me. They had no experience. They, they, you know, now we can look back on the cross and we understand all that happened, but Jesus was predicting something that had never happened in human history. So they couldn't quite wrap their heads around it. And then he says, and because I go to, to the father, you know, as smart as we are, I mean, thank God that, that there's a lot of brilliant people in this church, in this congregation, many people live streaming
happening across the globe, but there are, I don't care how bright you are, even how much experience you have. Some things will only be understood in hindsight. And Jesus understood. Matter of fact, my mother used to say hindsight is 2020, you know, 2020 vision means you, you see things clearly. And sometimes you, things don't make sense until you can look back on them. It's like, you know what? Actually, what seemed like the, the end of me actually uh, built me and made me into uh, what, what I need to be. To be frank with you, when I look back over uh, my life, the, the things that I thought, you know, would be the end of me, actually God used to bring out the best in me and, and to make me. The devil said to, to Job, I finally got him. You know, he was excited. I, I finally got Job. But then God said to the devil, I win again because now I can mold him. And sometimes it's in these difficult moments that God does his grace, greatest molding and his greatest shaping. Verse 22. Therefore, now at this moment, you have sorrow. Now, this is important because, you know, we could become so faith oriented that we can become callous and we could become hard and harsh. Jesus did not tell them to deny their feelings. He didn't say to suppress their, their pain. He just gave them hope in the midst of it. Uh, you know, whatever it is, this too shall pass. You know, I said it last week and it bears repeating again. Hope stands for hold on. The pain ends. Hold on. The pain ends. Hold on because the pain will end. But I will see you again and your heart will what? rejoice. You see, Jesus you know, he, he knew there'd be pain, but he also saw the joy. And yes, we go through hardships, but he sees the other side all at the same time. And for that reason, he leads us through it. But I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and be glad and your joy. No one will take for you from you. Again, God sees the pain, but on the other side of every sorrow, there is joy. And God knows it's worth it if we would just hang on. Sometimes you got to fight through the worst days in order to get to the best days, but the best days are worth it if you hang on with God. And then he says in verse 23, and in that day, you will ask me, Nothing. When you get to the other side of this thing, you won't have the same questions anymore because the next season is going to be so amazing. The next season is almost going to be self-explanatory. The, 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 when it happens, the pain of the last season almost seems petty and you're almost embarrassed to ask why. Just like when my, my wife, you know, had, had both of my sons, you know, the pain of it was severe. But when it was over, she was no longer asking why, because she looked into the beautiful faces of the baby. And life is that way. We have to push through the, the, the worst of times to get to the best of times. But if you hang on, when you get to, to the other side of it, you're like, man, that was worth it. And then he says here, most assuredly, or amen, amen. And, and Jesus, again, he's, he's, he's saying some things that are hard to, for, for the disciples to wrap their heads around. But then he leans in even further. And I, I think his tone even changes. He, he has a very, very serious tone here. It says, amen, amen, or, or most assuredly, the weight of my reputation and my entire life uh, lays on what I'm about to say. He says, I say to you, and we know because we can look back, you know, after I face this cross, new doors are going to open with you uh, uh, before God. I say to you, and I know this sounds ridiculous. I know what I said to you sounds ridiculous, but 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 stay with me. When we get to the other side of this, you're going to say it's worth it. I say to you, whatever you ask 
the father. They had watched Jesus for years. Asked the father, and what happened? Lazarus was raised from the, the, the dead. He asked the father. Uh, he multiplied loaves and fish. He 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 asked the father, and uh, uh, storms, you know, stopped. You know, they, they were like, I all all these years, they want a relationship with God, like like Jesus had. So when he said this, I mean, this this was Candyland. This was absolutely amazing. Something though that was very very hard for them to believe. Who can have a relationship with God like Jesus? And he said, most assuredly, I lay my reputation on this, disciples. I say to you, not, you know, Elijah of the past, not Moses of the past. I'm not talking to someone in the future. I'm talking to you. I say to you, whatever you ask the Father, this is important. Nobody can do it for us. I mean, as much as mom, dad, you know, uh, wifey, hubby, uh, auntie, uh, as much as others may want it for you, if you don't want it for yourself and if you don't go out and get it for yourself, you will not get certain things. Because when it comes to the issue of faith, no one automatically inherits it. God has no grandchildren, only children. He doesn't relate to us through anyone else but himself. And for that reason, we must learn to, to develop our faith, lean into our faith, and, and build our, our relationship with God. He said, I say to you, yes, it was to the disciples then, but also it speaks to us now. Everyone that is a disciple of Jesus Christ, this promise is for you. I say to you, Whatever you ask the Father in my what name, in my what name. This is a God-sized promise. Whenever you see whatever, whosoever, that's a huge statement. Only God can make those types of statements and hold to it. I can't say whenever, whatsoever, and that type of thing because I'm limited. But God can say, and this is why we know Jesus is more than a man. He is, in fact, the Son of God. He said, I say to you. He didn't say, thus saith the Lord either. He didn't have to prophesy because he was the Lord. He said, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my what name, in my what name, the only condition in this, this, this statement or promise here is that we ask consistent with God's will, his character, his nature, and we recognize Jesus as our mediator. You know, the scripture teaches us in second Timothy, First Timothy, forgive me, it says there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. You see, the disciples could not approach God based on uh, their own names, reputations, IQs or, or, or merits, and neither can uh, any of us here. The only way we can approach the Father is based on the merits of Jesus. Otherwise, the cross was in vain. So he says to them, listen, I'm going to go to this cross. I'm going to pay the price. But hey, when I get to the other side of that, when we, when we get to the other side of that, you're going to see the benefit. Just like you saw me go to the Father, you saw me relate to the Father. You will be able to rem- relate to him in my name the same way. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will what? Give you. And what he's saying is when we get to the other side of this, the debt would be, would have been paid. Reconciliation would have been made because we learn to trust on that great name. Whatever you ask the father in my what name with me as the mediator. Again, I say this, I said this throughout the, the series here. So many of us, we go to God based on our own merits. You know, why did this happen to me? Father, I deserve X, Y, and Z. The, the, the reality is, Apart from Jesus, we deserve nothing. Um, we, we, we are dead. We are, our, our soul is disconnected from God apart 
from the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way we come to the Father, Jesus said, I'm the way, the what, truth, and the life, is through him. There's one mediator between God and man. And that may trouble some, and it might sound a little provocative to, to others. But but I'm not puzzled over the fact that God gave us one way. I'm puzzled that he gave us a way at all. God didn't have to give us anything. I mean, if giving his only son, um, you know, and causing him to, to suffer in our place, to show uh, us God's mercy and to satisfy God's justice. If that doesn't convince us of God's love, you know, five sons wouldn't do it either. So, you know, if, if God had 17 sons, you know, it wouldn't do it either because we'd always ask for more. If you cannot accept the sacrifice of the one son, the only son, and God doesn't have any other sons to offer anyway, but if, if, even if he did, it would not be enough for many of us. So I have no problem with there being one way. I'm just grateful that there is a way. And this brings us finally to the fourth stop on the Romans road. Let's go to Romans 10 and verse 13. For whoever, this is important. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you did. Uh, everyone and anyone is welcome at the cross that, you know, that word, whoever or whosoever, or, uh, you know, those, again, I, I said a couple more, those big words, only God can satisfy, you know, maybe some people, uh, may, maybe the, the darling of the planet could receive this, but, uh, if, if it was based on, you know, just humans, or maybe if you get me at the right time, maybe I could do this for a limited number of people, but only God could say, whoever calls on the Lord is rich uh, to all who call upon him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Now, what does it mean to call on the name of the Lord? Those who look to Jesus as their mediator, their intercessor, their go-between with God. Those who look at their sins and they say, Jesus paid it all. So now I don't have to. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Now the word saved here is an all-inclusive word. Uh, uh, whatever it is that needs fixing, call him. Uh, what, what, if you need forgiveness, call him. If you need healing in your body, call him. If you need help financially, psychologically, relationally, call him. It says here, whoever, doesn't matter who you are, what matters is you call on that name. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be. That's a promise. That's not a hope. That's not a suggestion. It is a promise. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's take a look at another promise. Romans 10 and 9. Same chapter, only a few verses apart. Watch what Jesus, what what Paul says by the Holy Spirit. That if you confess with your mouth, watch this, the Lord Jesus. Now, Lord in the Greek is kurion or kurios. Um, and, and it was the term in the Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the translation, that the, the Jews, they didn't want to say the name of God. So they would put the word kurios, instead of saying Yahweh, Jehovah, however you want to pronounce it, they would put the word kurios or the term Lord. They didn't want to say the ineffable. They didn't want to say that the name of Jehovah. Um, and, and likewise with the Romans, uh, Lord was the title for the, the divine emperor. And actually what you had to say was Caesar is Lord. But God flipped that on its head. And what he says is we must confess with our mouth that Jesus is more than a prophet, more than just an emperor, more than just a religious 
figure, but he is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is Lord. So when you say Jesus is Lord, you are saying he is more than just a philosopher. He's just more, he's more than just an idea or, or church subject. He is the incarnate God, the savior of the world. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord, not just Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and believe where in your heart. So this is not a magic formula. Just saying these words will not save you. Uh, you must believe it in your heart. So if you say it, but believe it in your what heart that he was crucified for our sins and that God raised him from the dead. Watch this. Here's the promise. You will be saved. God did not require a 50 page paper before he gave us salvation. He didn't require us to, to, to go to Jerusalem and, and climb some mountain, you know, uh, uh, there around, but he made it so simple. Salvation is so simple. You got to get an education to, to miss it and to have a problem with it. If we would just confess with our mouths. And by the way, confess simply means to say the same thing. So, all God wants us to do is to say the same thing on earth that heaven's saying. Heaven knows he's the son of God. Even the demons knew that he was the son of God and they tremble. But if we would just harmonize with heaven, if we would just say what heaven says about Jesus, watch what happens. We don't have to come up with anything new, anything fabulous, anything poetic or pretty. If we would just confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts, watch what will happen. You will be. It is a promise. You will be. It is a promise. You will be saved. This has been Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. Access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join the Grace Church family for worship online every Sunday and Wednesday on social media at gracechurchva or on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, live big. Family, we are in unprecedented times. People are hurting, crime is rising, and despite our best efforts, the church is becoming more and more polarized. We have the white church, the black church, Latino church, Asian church, etc., all with important interests, but the principal interest must always be the larger cause of Christ. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So if we're going to survive these uncertain times, it's vital that we deal boldly with the hindrances to our unity, and chief among them is race. When my children were small, I taught them to do four things when they hurt each other. Number one, admit their mistake. Number two, empathize with the pain they caused. Number three, find ways to make things right. And number four, move forward with their relationship. But each of these steps could only take place after a conversation. It's time for us to talk. Join me and leaders like Don Crow, Pastor John Jenkins, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Gordon Robertson, and many others by signing the Statement of Change. Go to letstalklive.org. That's letstalklive.org. And we can make a difference together. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.